Consistent self-improvement, everybody. You are now listening to American Gypsy Podcast. I am your host, Classic, and I'm here with my co-host. Gypsy, and today we have a special guest, Magda Alamsegad. She is the owner of Jagna Lifestyle Brand. Welcome to the show, Magda. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's it's an honor, um, especially on this day. It is our 31st Independence Day for Eritrea, so I'm absolutely honored to be here. Thank you. Yeah, and I will say, I get this, I'm also from Eritrea, as you guys know, and a lot of people don't know where that is. That's right. Um, did you grow up in Eritrea, or? Um, actually, I was born and raised in Saudi Arabia. Okay. But it is a 45-minute flight. Yeah, so it's pretty close. you're there before you, you even finish your meals. <laughs> yeah. So we would fly, as a family, we would be there almost every other um, summer break when school's out. Um, and we get to spend, like, about two months out of the year there. Okay. And then I studied two years junior high, and that was a completely different experience in a good way. That allowed me to get to know uh, my country on a deeper level, the people, the history on a deeper level. You know, when you, it's different when you live in there versus yeah. visiting. Did you pick up the, were you, did you pick up on the language? Were you speaking it your whole life? Or? I was, um, because we grew up speaking Tigrinya at home in our household. Okay. And so we were fluent um, before we even visited home at that time. Wow. Um, it's it's a blessing in a sense because, yeah, I grew up in Saudi Arabia. We spoke Tigrinya in our household. Mm. Um, you're exposed to Arabic once you step out of the house. And then we study strictly in English because, you know, as a foreigner, you go to a, a a private school but it's also mm -hmm. an international school and so the whole curriculum is in English so you're it's it's a great way to raise kids to be bilingual like in a very yeah. um, efficient yet effortless way I'll say yeah that's kind of similar for me like I grew up in Addis Ababa Ethiopia and so like my parents are Eritrean so in the house before I went to school I spoke um, Tigrinya and then um, of course, you have to use Amarinya every now and then when you go out. But right. when I went to school, I went to like Indian school or some international school. Exactly. So like you have to speak English yes. or you're learning things in English. And yes. then the country, the people speak Amharic. So yes. it's like. Yeah, so you, you know what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, you can relate. Yeah. I feel like with Tigrinya, it's one of those languages you have to learn like super early on or else you can't pronounce things properly. It's like the tough. difficult sounds that yes. you make. <laughs> yes. That's like impossible <laughs> when you learn it as an adult. I so. agree. I agree. Being yeah. exposed to Tigrinya to, to at a younger age would make it easier. But then I also believe firmly that that's true for any other um language yeah. like even the less difficult ones to pick up you just you know your brain is a sponge at that you know younger mm -hmm. age between two and five or so and so um i i know i know kids like my goddaughter was exposed to four different languages growing mm -hmm. up in her own household yeah. also in saudi and by the time she spoke she spoke all four of them which is um amharanya tigrinya arabic and english but because she was so young and couldn't really um like identify the difference between the languages she would mm. she would communicate and the sentence would contain three different yes <laughs> but it makes sense <laughs> <laughs> yes I, and it's funny for it was the same for me too and my sister does that all the time as well right and it's like you don't notice it because everybody around you speaks multiple languages mm -hmm. so it's like they understand yes. so you're like mixing up words like it would end with one language and end in uh, yeah begin and end <laughs> with different languages it's, it's fascinating though yeah mm -hmm. what was it like growing up in saudi did you like it 
Growing up in Saudi, um, loved it as a child. Um, I think it's a great place to raise children because, you know, your innocence is not stripped away from you. You're not exposed mm. to a lot of things at a younger age. Like, you, you're able to remain a child and, and like, maintain your innocence for quite a bit. Mm. Um, I love it because the lifestyle has, like, um, it's, it's very well balanced between um, work and home. Mm. And so you, ha- you spend, you know, enough time to share meals with with your family every day and things like that, which I think is really important. Um, But then once you get into your young adult age, say you've graduated um, um, high school, and if you're lucky enough as a foreigner, uh, even college, and then you you hit a plateau. There's not a lot of, or back then at least when I grew up, there wasn't a lot of opportunities. It was very limiting. And so as a young adult, I would say no, but... um, Having grown up there and everything that I was exposed to and what my childhood was like, it was absolutely great. And I'm grateful for the experiences. Um, That's one of the main reasons how I ended up in the United States as well, because um, being, you have to keep in mind that Saudi Arabia is a highly patriarchal Mm -hmm. um, society. Um, It's also an Islamic state. Um, It's much more liberal now because they've opened themselves up to um, the public and, you know, they're allowing tourism that wasn't even, um, it was very difficult to access when I was living there. And so being um, a foreigner and a woman and a Christian, you have these layers of oppression that eventually start to to work against you. Yeah. and so it was very limiting in, in that sense. But I will say that um, to, to that point, it's very important to have influential people in your life that are um, pouring into you. Because when you're growing up in that type of an environment, it's very easy for you to succumb to those oppressions mm-hmm. and to um, limit yourself and your beliefs and your capabilities and things like that. And so for me... Um, I'm very grateful. My, 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 my father at a really young age would constantly tell me, like, I was very impressionable, super young, even before school, like, um, you know, you can do, you got to work hard, but there's nothing that you can't achieve. Like you can be, I remember him telling me very vividly, you can be the first female president of Eritrea. And Mm. when you're that impressionable, um, and you're hearing these things from somebody that you don't know who you are at that age or what you're about, right? And so when you hear that from somebody that you love and respect and look up to, you believe that automatically. And so I internalized those things and it took me very, very far. Like I was able, despite those barriers, I was able to break barriers when women weren't even being hired um, in Saudi Arabia. Like I was able to break into certain industries and things like that. So I will always stress the importance of having um, good influences in your life and, and, and positive influences in your life that breathe life into you because then you don't become a product of your environment yeah yeah and just having the mindset because that's so important because correct if you believe it it's like there's nothing that can get in your way absolutely and And that's and that's been I've lived by that and that's mm -hmm. been true for me so if I can do it anybody else can do it (laughs) yeah I like I growing up my mom was um when I when we were in Ethiopia like she was that strong woman you know um, had everything together so I kind of internalized that as well growing up so right. I had this entitlement of I can do anything yes <laughs> <laughs> so yeah yes and it's, you, do you feel like it takes you very far yes yes when you have yes. that mindset right yeah it's like something you can't you can't replace almost or you can't 
I agree. I don't know. It's weird. I agree. It's yeah, it's it's if it's instilled in you at a younger age, I, you not to say that you cannot cultivate that mindset right. later in life. Yeah. But your life will be a lot more smoother. Like, and then you you just your self esteem is higher. Your confidence level is there. And no matter what, there'll always be naysayers and things like that. But you become, um, you just how do I say like um very firm in your beliefs and that's all that matters and that that's your driving factor so yeah. you kind of become unshakable in those when with those outside factors yeah and so. it is a it's a lot of people you know you would feel that a lot of people are, are raised like that mm -hmm. which is not the case you know mm -hmm. I grew up as a cellist and from the age of five I've been told you know yeah you're going to be great you're going to be great you're going to do this you're going to do that you're going right. to do that so you know, everybody isn't raised. Like, you don't get that type of motivation depending right. on what you're doing. You have some people that are told, you're not going to be shit, you're not going to be shit. You're not that's be, right. You know, and that, that's the difference. You do have those people out there that have to fight to get that, you know, um, basically demon out of their head. Correct. And to believe in themselves and know that, okay, I can break any boundary no matter what's put in front of me. That's right. Sometimes that lights a fire, too. I've had people tell me I can't do something and yes, then that does. lights a fire. Yes, yeah. and I can relate to that. That, yeah. that Yes, that absolutely was a thing for me in Saudi as well. Like, um, It didn't discourage me, but it definitely lights a fire. And then it's I cannot describe like the, the level of satisfaction that comes with when you've mm. proven them wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it could be a healthy challenge if you choose to look at it that way too. Yeah. yeah. So what made you decide to move to the U.S.? Um, and did you think about other countries or is that like the first country you wanted to move to? I did. So when I when I felt like I hit a plateau uh, mm -hmm. living in Saudi uh, career wise and things like that. And I've, I've always been a very ambitious person. So I don't like being limited. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was very apparent for me that I to, in order to to further grow and expand, I needed to move out, out of the country. And so I was trying to decide between Europe or the U.S. Um, and one of the bigger goals for me at the time was completing my higher education, meaning um, university, mm -hmm. um, because the opportunities in Saudi as a foreigner were very limited. Mm -hmm. And that was a personal goal of mine. And so I decided to move to the States. Um, there were a couple of factors that kind of moved into play. My fiancé at the time was also from, he was African-American, and he was from the U.S., and I have family in the U.S. Um, it would be um, less barriers to work through in terms of, like, if I moved to, to um, Europe, let's say, I would have to pick up, you know, the language and things yeah. like that. Whereas if I come to the U.S., it's, it would be, I knew for a fact it would be a very easy transition for me. And what I cared the most about is I had things that I wanted to do. Yeah. And I didn't want, like, um, unnecessary obstacles or hardships along the way. I just, I had things in my mind. I needed to knock them out, like, onto the next one, onto the next one. So I, we came out here and visited for a bit and just kind of visited family in different states and got a feel um, of different areas of the U.S. because they all have a different vibe, yeah. right? Um, and I... I, from, from the beginning, felt very connected to Los Angeles. Um, I think one of the bigger things, you know, like everybody else says, weather, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the weather is very similar to um, home. And when I say home, I mean Eritrea. Yeah, I've heard that. And I love that about it. Um, and I have close family member here. And so it was, it was a no-brainer in that sense. And um, it's been an amazing experience. And I... I'm grateful because I've been able to reinvent myself time and time mm -hmm. again and 
and that's that's what brought me here, right? Yeah, yeah. land of opportunities. This is the best place to reinvent yourself. I agree. And you know, you can decide to completely reinvent over and over until you're satisfied. I and agree. There's just room for that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And when you come from a place where there is no room for that, mm-hmm. you you don't take that lightly. I guess so. Coming, mm-hmm. I'm just thinking coming from other states, but you're talking about a complete polar opposite of right yeah yes polar opposite is right (laughs) yeah so yeah okay yeah so what inspired you to get into uh, building a lifestyle brand um I it's a great segue to the recent conversation we just had in terms of you know how do you build your self-esteem and your level of confidence and things like that I was lucky enough to have that had instilled in me by my parents right Mm -hmm. um and then to your point, you had mentioned um, that's a great thing, but not everybody has, you know, that type of upbringing. And so for me, during the pandemic, um, I had spent a lot of time, um, I like to spend time reflecting, like self-reflection, introspection, like personal development and things like that. Yeah. And um, I knew, I've always known that I wanted to build my own empire, um, a legacy, if you will. I... I wasn't certain what industry I wanted that to be in because I dabble into, in a lot of different things. But how I, how I came about to creating this lifestyle brand is it, had, it needed to be something that was fulfilling for me personally. Um, and what's fulfilling for me, I, so I just kind of started to backtrack based off of that. And what's fulfilling to me is helping people. I really like helping people. Like if um, you know somebody comes into contact with me I really care for them to leave my presence feeling um, elevated than when they came in, in any way, that, shape, or form, then I can do that. And so I started to think, how can I create something that can do that on a greater magnitude? Because the way that I do it is just, you know, the first-hand contact, like my personal experiences with me. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to, to be able to reach more people, especially at a time where um, uncertainty was at an all-time high um, it was just, it was a really stressful time for everyone. And there, w- there weren't really a lot of things that were addressing the anxiety revolving around the uncertainty. And not only that, but just from a day-to-day aspect of things, like we naturally as humans, you know, we, we tend to look for outside validation when we're not feeling like ourselves, um, just to kind of, you know, pour back into us. Yeah. But I'm a firm believer that if you spent... Um, just a little, a little time with yourself, just reflecting on your own life. There's, there's a lot to pull from that. There's a lot of power to pull from that because no matter who you are, you've, if you sit down and like, just think back, there's always, there's for sure, there's obstacles that you've overcome in your life. You know, what those obstacles are for me may be different and a different (coughs) magnitude than it would be for you or for you. Right. But Sitting down and thinking, oh, if I was able to overcome this and look at where I am in my life today, you can pull power from that. Be- but we tend to forget. We don't do that enough. You yeah. know, we forget yeah. the how we overcame the things that we did in our past. And so I wanted to create something that would be focused on self-empowerment, that would be focused on um, resilience. Because we, we all are resilient. We all are powerful in our own ways. But it's up to us to tap into that. And I just wanted to create a shift where people would do that for themselves versus seeking that from from the outside yeah because especially being an entrepreneur you're 
you kind of want that sometimes validation because like you don't have a boss or anything to give you like great job you, did a, yep. you know all of that so that's right it's even you saying um that's a really great point the whole pulling from your own experience because it could be a, a very motivating because it's you you're the main character that you're pulling from because right. a lot of times we're looking for outside source correct to give us that so correct correct so that that's how the whole focus of the brand is self-empowerment that's how I came up to be and then from there I went into okay let's think about you know what do I want my logo to be what do I want it to represent and and so and so forth and so I started out with um Jigna the logo creating like you know you go through your process um but then you know having found once I found the right font that I wanted, it just speaks to you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the hardest part. Right? And so I was like, oh, this is it. And then, but I wanted to add a little bit more character to it and not just it be just Jigna. And so I'm like, all right, let me swap out the eye for um, the jewelry, this jewelry that with the Habesha jewelry oh, that we yeah, have. I didn't notice that. <laughs> yeah, so I did that here. So just oh, it has like a little okay. bit of a character and like it ties it back to its roots. Yeah. Um, and for those of you that are non-Tigrinya speakers, yeah. Jigna essentially translates into warrior. And so my brand is of the belief that each and every one of us are warriors in our own right, whether it is your warrior in love um, whether it is your warrior in health, whatever your pack, your 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 path in life has been, each of us are in our own rights, and so I, f- I felt like that was the perfect. Um, it was very fitting. Yeah. For definitely. for a logo, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and um, I guess how has it been um, creating a brand during a pandemic? And yeah, because I was going to ask, um, being in the LA when. To, to witness all everything stop because of course you know we're used to, we're here in downtown we're used right. to seeing right you know, the heartbeat right yeah. but <laughs> then you know everything just stopped flowing and there's nothing and nobody's right and was, we you know it just seems unreal what was what's your opinion on seeing being here and seeing LA just come to a stop like that and so at the time I was also working full-time and it was a very demanding job where we had to even when everything came to a full stop we were still working out of the office Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I remember driving on the, I think it was a 10 freeway <laughs> and there was absolutely no soul. And we're talking, it wasn't even late at night. <laughs> yeah. This is like regular business hours. Yeah. And I, it was such an eerie feeling. It was like, am I in an episode of the walking dead? Like what is happening? It was such an eerie, f- I've never, I've been here 10 years. I've never seen LA like that. Yeah. And it's it's scary. I'm not I'm not gonna lie to you. It's it's weird, but it's also very scary because, like, thank God, like you know, we've come out of it a little bit now. But at that time, we just I we didn't know how yeah. long that was gonna last. It was it was a very scary experience. I don't. I hope we don't get to see LA like that again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, um, I think that it it was such a break for um, Mother Nature. It really was like pollution yeah. was at an all time low. So when you think of it in that aspect of things, yeah. yeah. I did a lot of self reflecting myself during the pandemic, and as you see, we're here. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> as far as doing the podcast, this was born during the pandemic, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah there you go. Yeah. There you have it. And yeah. a lot of people, yeah, started something during the pandemic, right? Yeah, and. I, I'm sorry. To no, no, go ahead. Um, I wanted to say it's, it's a good point because it's 
it's so refreshing to see like how many businesses, especially minority owned businesses have been creating during the pandemic. And the number of those of which are women, women of minority is a staggering. It's like 62% or something like that. And so that's, it's, it's very empowering. It's very refreshing. I hope we continue to move in that direction because I feel like ownership is important. And I don't think we speak on that enough in our community, especially, um, it's very important to own your work. I don't care if it is intellectual mm-hmm. property, own the rights to your music, just ownership, period. Yeah. And so it's very refreshing to see a shift in that, um, in, in, in that area. Yeah. <coughs> so what were some of the challenges that you faced while starting um, a lifestyle brand? Some of, well, for me, um, I will say... Early on in the beginning, it was time, mm-hmm. and because I was working full-time myself, and then being an entrepreneur, as you guys know, you, at least early on for a while, you have to wear different hats, um, yeah. and so that was a lot, and having, and then it's a creative outlet for me as well, and in order, f- it was it was it was tough not to be burnt out, because yeah. you can't afford to, to burn out when you have to when you have a creative outlet and then you have so many things riding on it. So for me, managing my energy, making sure I wasn't depleted, making sure I wasn't the right mindset because um, I don't take the message of the brand lightly. And so I do everything with extra care with like how, you know, being very careful of how it's going to perceived. Um, and I had to be um, in the right mindset myself. So that yeah. aspect of it was a little bit challenging to, yeah. to start. And then... The rest of it, um, figuring out, I mean, everything was new for me, to be honest with you, like mm-hmm. building a website, um, you know, finding a supplier and, and so and so forth. But it was a good learning curve. Um, took it as a challenge, you know, everything. It's, thank God for technology nowadays. Yeah. Like information is at the tip of our fingers. You just need to invest a little bit more time. And then I would say um, what helped during those challenging times for me was also surrounding myself with like-minded people. Mm-hmm. I find that very, very important. Um, you'd be amazed at, you know, the, the, what sparks an inspiration just off of being in the same presence of somebody, even if you did not sit down with the idea of, this is what we're going to discuss today. Mm-hmm. But if you're in the same um, wavelength and you continue to surround yourself with that, I think um, your, your trajectory, your upward trajectory would be a lot more smoother. And so that would be my takeaway. Yeah. yeah. I guess I wanted to kind of go back to the um, the holiday. Oh and yeah. Get a little uh, education on you know how that came about and everything, as far as the air train holiday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think we we touched on it um, early <laughs> on. And it then we're is, gonna come back. Um, it's probably be tomorrow when it airs, but. Uh, <laughs> It's May 24th. It is Eritrean Independence Day. And for those of you who don't know where Eritrea is, it's in East Africa. It is bordering bordering Sudan, uh, Sudan, Ethiopia, and the Red Sea. Um, yeah, so small. I just, <laughs> want, I just want a little yeah, education yeah. out here. No, too, I'm right? just... So here's how I like to... I like to say it's at the Horn of Africa. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, yes, it's in the East, but... 
it's it's a, yes, it's a small country. So a lot of times, a lot of people, I'll always say, okay, you know where Ethiopia is, right? And we're like, oh yeah. So it's a neighboring country because we share a border. Yeah. And then it's right at the Horn of Africa. So it's like that's the quickest way to identify it on the map. Um, and then I also would like to add, I think it's just, I don't know, I'm full of full of love today just because of its, its Independence Day and everything. And yeah. I, it's our 31st Independence Day. Um, mm -hmm. Our people had to fight for 30 years of struggle to gain their independence in 1991, um, which makes this a very, very special year. Yeah. I've seen a video that she's brought back before, and a lot of people don't know that it's kind of the normal upcoming of, you know, almost all of AirTrans, the military training part. Mm-hmm. Educate us on a little bit on how you feel as far as, not necessarily how you feel, but just educate us on that people that don't know that, of course, you know, we go through regular high school and over there you, you guys go through military training at a certain age. and That's right. Um, how it prepares you. <laughs> how, would it, how would it prepare you for what? How would it prepare you just for life. <laughs> it's like, uh, I didn't have to go through right. <laughs> that part. Right. So I know that you guys didn't have, didn't necessarily have to go through it, but, you know, it's a part of the culture that's there. That's right. Um, so typically, um, don't quote me on it because I don't know as of today um, if it's changed in any aspect. So, but growing up, I knew it was you do your high, your last year, like your college entrance exam for high school once you graduate. And then... Um, you go to Sawa, which is like where you have all the training and everything take place. Um, I think it used to be a couple of months. I don't I don't know if it was three I or thought it was like you do your last um, your senior year in high school in Sawa, basically. Well, there was a period of time where they did that. That's that's right. There yeah. was a period of time where you did your 12th grade basically entirely yeah. in Sawa. Yeah. Um, um as of, I guess, the last few years, I thought that's what they were doing, basically. Yes, you that's do why I said don't quote me on it. Yeah. So I, <laughs> yeah. I had some family members that had to do it. That had so, to do it, yeah. right? Right, that's right. And, well, I'll say this. Um, I do like that there's equality back home in Eritrea between men and women. Like, even even when it boils down to uh, military training, even, when, even our freedom fighters, like, um, it wasn't just men that are celebrated that brought, you know, freedom to Eritrea, it's men and women, right. um, yeah. and those numbers are, like, like, neck to neck, and so there's, there's great stories about it, but, um, until this day, there's a lot of equality, you'll see women in, you know, heads, and whether it's politics in different areas, and the same way, like, when you're, when you're doing your training alongside your male counterparts for something as, as, What's the right word to use? I'm trying to be careful about my verbiage. Um, something that's as challenging, I'll say, as mm -hmm. military training. Yes. Um, I think it would that level of equality. Like if if you're being trained alongside your male counterparts, I think that would instill like you believe that you are equal as yeah. well. Granted, yes, not in every aspect of things, but in terms of your capabilities, right? Yes. And yeah. you're celebrated equally. And I think that is one positive takeaway from it from from the way that they had been doing things i'll say yes yeah. i definitely see a, or put a lot of respect on it just period yeah right so. right yeah on the topic of ercha like what's your favorite foods favorite food yeah zigni zigni love okay. zigni and then um i'm also a very i know not probably not a lot of people will agree but a mm. very big fan of dulat <laughs> really <laughs> yeah 
I was an adult before I liked that. <laughs> See, that's what it is. My mom mm. got me to like it. I didn't even know what it was. I, mm. I, by the time I figured it out, I think it's equivalent to chitlins. Is it what it is? I'm like, is it tongue or is it? I don't know what it is. It's definitely the intestines, I'll say. Oh, I did not know. But I will say this. Like, it was was too late in the game for me by the time I figured out what it was. (laughs) (laughs) So because of how it's made... I, I cannot eat it unless my mom made it because I know how my mom would like thoroughly clean everything and X, yeah. Y, and Z. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Dulot and Zigni were my top favorite ones, I'll say. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think for me, it's Kutfo. Oh, for Kutfo. the longest, it was Kutfo. I don't know if it... Kutfo and Dutch Apsa. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I love that. Why is that hard to find here? Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. That is my main complaint about L.A. Since I've moved here, I haven't really been going out to Eritrean or Ethiopian um, restaurants because, well, they don't have any breakfast. <laughs> I that's mean, right. that's not yeah. the only yeah, reason right. I'm not going because, you know, during the pandemic, a lot of them closed and or they were like takeout or something like that. But one of my biggest complaint when I first moved here was like they don't have any breakfast spots. Right. And we've lived in D.C. Um, in Virginia. Oh, you guys are spoiled. And <laughs> we've li- even Atlanta has a lot of like yeah. restaurants and they love breakfast they so i'm do. like there's nowhere i can get breakfast here You're right like you can get got in um wow in restaurants in, in? yes you can go to Karen in or aurora in virginia wow. or in dc and get like yeah, and you can yeah full i haven't eaten full well, I can, yeah. I'll, I'll invite you guys over for right. full. i make a okay. mean full don't okay. worry yeah, yeah. But, so a f- <laughs> Full is really, she should be able <laughs> yeah, she to make she full because it's too, really so just, being yeah. from Saudi. Like, yes. I'm sure it's, yes. yeah. Yes, I got yeah. y'all on full. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I like the full. I need to learn how to do that. I couldn't get to the, uh, with the kid full. But Me too. Yeah, yeah. He, he can't really do it. You can't either. Me too, yeah. I, I, it's a mental thing, I think, for mm-hmm. me. <laughs> Even if it's That's what like I think for me cooked. too, yeah. I, if it's cooked, I would be able to, yes. But uncooked, mm-hmm. I couldn't, I just couldn't get past that. <laughs> yeah. And for those who don't know what we're talking about, kutfo is like steak tartare in Pretty America. Um, it's raw meat. It is a, you know, specialty meat um, and it has some spices. And you can get it like medium or like well done if you want to. But mm-hmm. I like it raw or like just slightly you know, but it's meant to be eaten raw, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. it is. Yeah. That's um, so really breakfast good. places. I can't tell you. I've kind of given up over the years, but like really? I really went on a hunt because uh, you said jajapsa, right? That's mm-hmm. I think we call it gajafitfit. Yeah, I can make good gajafitfit. No. Yes. And I have some. Let's do a trade-off. Right? Man. Let's <laughs> <say>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> you make the full. I you make the just made my day. <laughs> because I love it, and I know it's easy. Like I make all the other habisha dishes, like mm-hmm. the traditional stuff that's abhi stuff. Mm-hmm. And compared to that, like even my mom was like, "I don't understand how you make all this stuff, and you cannot make a chai. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's get it the right. easiest one. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't get it right, and like you said, it was so difficult to find. Um, um, Habisha restaurants here that serve mm-hmm. breakfast and then th- once in a blue moon that you find them it'll mm-hmm. be like oh it's Tuesday we don't do that on Tuesdays like, come on uh, what <laughs> oh my god <laughs> yeah <laughs> not the Tuesday so I <laughs> wow I can make a lot of the veggie dishes not really the meat dishes I haven't really tried too many like up here or anything like that 
I see. Um, what are your favorite restaurants here? Good question. Um, I will say Awash. That's on. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You guys Awash. know Awash? Yeah. Yes, I do love Awash a lot. Um, and then Mercato, also okay. one of my favorites. Um, I do go to Masob, but I just like, like the, when, if they're making coffee and things like that, mm-hmm. like the actual um, Habesha coffee, yeah. I'll go to Masob for that. But for the most part, Awash and Mercato, like, and Marathon were my go-tos. I haven't been there. So Marathon is also like one of the places that are it's it's in the it's um, right next door to mess up I think one or two doors down. Okay. And it's easy to miss because it looks like a little hole in the wall. Mm. Um, so not as flashy on the outside, but the food is great. Okay. Yeah, very authentic and it's great. Yeah. Interesting. I I was a regular there where <laughs> they got <laughs> used to me where. <laughs> so you know when you get in Jeddah to go. Um, and they put the injera on the styrofoam, like, to-go thing, mm-hmm. and then they put the tabhe on it. But it soaks it in, right? Yeah. And then you can't really warm it up at home. It's yeah. not the same. Right. So I would get on the phone, and I'd be like, um, can you can you please put the thing, like, the, the tabhe by itself in a container and then the injera? I didn't understand it. Like, we went <laughs> back and forth for a while. So one time when I went in, it was like a grandma in the kitchen cooking, and she asked for me. She's like, tell her to come inside the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yes. <laughs> And she's like, are you the one who always calls and asks for such and such? I'm like, yes. Mm-hmm. She's like, all right, here's what we're going to do. He's like, I'm going to give you my container today. But she was like, next time you come in, let us know that it's you. Bring mm-hmm. like your, you know, like, um, what do you call them? A Tupperware. A Tupperware. Oh, wow. She's like, bring a Tupperware and we'll hook you up that way. And I was like. Love you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know, that is what I like about, um, you know, when I was growing up in Ethiopia or even in when you go to Airtrust, like there's certain conveniences that you don't have here. Mm-hmm. Like you can be getting your hair done at the hair salon mm-hmm. and somebody will go bring you food from next door or coffee from yes, next door. Yes. You don't have to like figure out the logistics. <laughs> like they, they know each other. <laughs> they'll figure it out. They'll get it to you. Yes. They'll somehow get the money to the person. Yes, like yes. it's all, you know, you could be at a restaurant eating and you might can get your car washed or. Absolutely. <laughs> and I miss that. Yeah. I, yes. You're, you're so right. You the took no me back. rules. Yeah. Yes, yes. And it's like that. I'm happy to say it's like that to this day. Like I was yes. there two years. The um, February of 2020 was the last time that I went home. Okay. Uh, it's still very much like that to this day. And I love it. Yeah. You said 2020? <laughs> 2020. Yes. Wow. So yes. you've been there not too long ago. I think the last time in Eritrea for me was like 2010. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was been a really wow. long time. Yeah. I was, yeah. That was my last summer in Eritrea was 2010. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, then what what month were you there? Uh, um, July and August. Wow, we were there at the same time. Yeah, I, I remember having to come back August for college or whatever. But yeah, it's um, that was the last time. And my dad was living there at the time. Now he's moved here since then. Oh, nice. And it's good now. to have them closer. I'll say. Yeah. It's, it's challenging for me. Um, definitely challenging. Both of my parents are there. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially when you're used to. Like I said earlier, thank God for technology because we were able to FaceTime whenever we want to and that makes you feel closer. But, you know, the inter- we don't have reliable internet access in Eritrea mm-hmm. as of yet. And it ma- you can't FaceTime, basically. You know, you'd be lucky if you're able to relay, you know, send some pictures and images and so and so forth. And so that aspect has been definitely challenging, I'll say. So yeah. it's good that you have your dad here. Yeah. It's a blessing. What part of Eritrea are your 
uh, family from? Uh, Asmara, they're both from the city. Okay. Um, so we we live, do you know where the American Embassy is? Um, or Santa Ana High School? Man, it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> it's not far from, you can walk oh to Katama. Like, you can walk to the mm. to the downtown area, okay. like the Cathedral Church and stuff like that. It'll probably take you 20 minutes. Okay. It's fairly gotcha. close. You have those videos on YouTube. I know. I actually have, um, <laughs> in 2010 when I went, I just was doing a lot of videoing. Uh-huh. So, um, like, every time I would go on a ride with my dad. So I have, like, a city tour of Eritrea video. Oh, lovely. <laughs> so if you want to see what it's like in 2010, there's a video on the YouTube. Oh, I definitely am going to check it out tonight. Yeah, and yeah. actually, I spent, what is it, like, a weekend or a week in Sawa? Like when during when they're having the graduation the thing, mm-hmm. yeah. So I did some videoing there as well. Oh, that's awesome. Their dance ceremonies and stuff like that. So. I didn't go 2010, but I went to Sawa in. I went for a basketball uh, tournament in I think oh five. Yes, in oh f- yes oh five or oh six, <coughs> and then prior to that I went and I just visited, which are two very different experiences. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> Somehow I get lucky every time I go to Eritrea. It's like when all of the expats from all over the world are coming. Yes, which is kind of a, it's really exciting because the whole city is filled with expats and you get to meet people all around the world. Too. It's it's very exciting, and that's how it was for us when we would go every every other summer. And mm. let me tell you, you do make some amazing connections and great friendships yeah. as well. It's a great way for you know the younger generation to to come together to get to know each other more, so also to get to know your culture and things like that. Yeah. Um, so I think <coughs> I think it's great that way, but you. If you have you ever seen Asmara like outside of summertime? No, it's a very different feel. Really? Yes, yes. Okay. So I've only went there in summertime. In the summertime. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of it's exciting and it's fun. There's a lot happening during the summertime, mm-hmm. but you, I'll say like, and it's neither negative nor positive, but it just gives you a different experience when you go outside of the summer because you really get an authentic um, feel. Of the day-to-day life, the locals and th- stuff like that, you know, you get to okay. pick up on those things. When you said that, I don't know why I thought like that, like Vegas at in the daytime. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's when people different. say, "Have you seen <laughs> Vegas in the daytime?" <laughs> it's very that's different. That's no? true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um, what were some of the biggest um, things that, or what are some tips? I guess you could say for other people moving to. Uh, California, like Tips yourself, yeah. For people moving to California from anywhere, Eritrea, or it could be from, you know, just the United States, or just you know your personal experience. Because we moved here about was it four years ago? Yeah, know, four years ago. Mm-hmm. So even as you know, entrepreneurs or you know somebody that's pushing their own brand, mm-hmm. what are some tips that they can basically expect? As entrepreneurs and somebody that's pushing their own brand. All right. Well, if you're new to California, I think um, I'll, I'm going to go back and emphasize the importance of surrounding yourself with like-minded people. And let's say, well, not all of us are comfortable doing that in person. You know, some of us have social anxiety and things like that. So there's there's ways to do it even without having to put yourself physically out there. Um, for instance, there's, let's say, um, as an example, you can use Clubhouse. Clubhouse is a great app. We have to mess with Clubhouse, yeah. For networking. Yeah. I find it to be really useful. Really uh, useful. Uh, because 
Um, any other social media, like let's say we take Instagram, for instance, um, the kind of people that you're going to be connected to Instagram are going to be very similar to where you are in life. It's very, it's going to take you time to connect with somebody that's really well established and mm -hmm. is on a higher platform than where you are if you're just starting off. But Clubhouse, you don't have that. Like somebody that is just starting off, just starting off to build their website could be connected to someone that has, let's say... Um, like a 100K follower, even like a million um, followers on social media and are willing to educate for free and mm. like answer your direct questions if you want to know how do, how do I get from where I am to where you are. And so in terms of networking, I find it to be like unbelievably useful if you're using yeah. it further. Yeah. There's, there's people that go there just to, right, that's just all to we talk use shit for. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. with social media right now. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And networking so, and promotion. Right, right. And so those things make a difference. And then w you can go from there. I'll speak from my experience. I've made some amazing connections on Clubhouse. Mm -hmm. And when you when you continue to cultivate those relationships, you can get to a place where you can take them off of Clubhouse and actually really collaborate in real life. Whether it is you need someone to um, help elevate you and like maybe they might help you in um, what social media marketing looks like or, you know, how to do better with your SEO so, you know, you have better visibility and accessibility and things like that. Um, the opportunities is, is, is unmeasured. It's up to you, like how you tap into it, how you maneuver, how much time you spend into it. Are you cultivating those relationships? And it's not just um, a take-and-go type of thing. Mm. Um, I personally myself like to collaborate. And so even for things such as... Um, when I was doing my commercial for my for my brand, for instance, um, there's many different ways that I could have gone about it, but I chose to work with somebody that was also trying to build their portfolio. I, I know they were great at what they did, but it was more important for me to collaborate with them and then do cross-marketing with them because, yes, I'm grateful for working with them, but I also want to help elevate them and get them more visibility. And so they get jobs through, if somebody likes my... Um, commercial and the ads that they're doing for me and they're like oh my god the shooting the visuals everything was amazing who did this for you and then I'll recommend them so I'm a firm <coughs> believer and if you're gonna grow let's grow together type of thing okay <laughs> um and so that would be my my advice okay on that note like one of the things that we've kind of so when you're first starting out a brand, it's like raising awareness is the hardest part, right? Um, right. Getting your brand name out there. Like, what are some things that you found helpful? Um, okay. Whether it's platforms or... Um, In terms of platforms for, for raising awareness, I will say um, Instagram has been the greatest for me, even more so than Facebook. Okay. Um, so, and there's ways to do about it, even if you don't want to spend money in terms of um, paid ads and things like that. You can you can be strategic. And one thing that I like about um, Instagram is the analytics that it offers is mm -hmm. very detailed. And that's stuff that maybe if it wasn't for Instagram, you would have to do, you would have to have a workaround to understand, well, how is this ad doing? What kind of visibility and reach am I getting? But it does all of that for you. Yeah. So you post something, I'm sure you know, like, and then you, it'll give you the analytics based off of that one post and you can gauge or um, readjust or adjust, you know, moving forward based off of that um, information that you're getting. And yeah. so that is one. Um, and then to take it back to collaborations, like I like to sponsor um, 
people that are doing great things that I believe in. And so I've come across um, people that have podcasts such as this and they're, they're centered around things that are very similar to my brand. And so um, even if they're not within the U.S. and, for example, one of them is Habesha Connection and um, they're based off of London. Hmm. And um, so I sent them my gear and I'm like, hey, like, would you, you know, I'm a fan of your show. Um, they were also... Um, fan of my brand in, in a sense so I was like let me give this to you for free if you can wear it on one of your shows and you know because that will give you more visibility as well because the messaging and the audience is essentially the same yeah so that's another way that you can also um, expand on your visibility hmm. great tips <laughs> any questions not right off um <laughs> Um, is there anything you want to <laughs> leave the audience? Well, I just wanted to make sure I didn't leave you hanging. Um, is there anything you want to leave the audience with before we close it out? Um, I will say, okay, well, we're, we're, our one-year mark is coming up, which will be on July 7th. And on July 7th, we're looking to, cre to expand um, the way that we do things um, by allowing our customers to collaborate with the brand. So... For a lot of our, our um, products, I'm looking to allow our customers to personalize it because I do get requests a lot for those. Uh, and I'm happy to do them myself. But if, you know, I know th there's a lot of the customers that are also um, creatives and maybe they would like to do that on their own. And to me, you know, the messaging and the design and everything, there's a lot that goes into it. But I want to allow people to have... Um, the option to personalize things because really no two people are the same. So why not make something even more you mm -hmm. than, it, than, it, than it might already be? Um, and then we're looking to expand into home goods, um, mommy and me, so like baby outfits and maternity outfits and things yeah. like that, which I'm super excited about. <coughs> so be on the lookout for that. Please do follow us on um, Instagram, on Facebook. And do not hesitate if you see something you like and you would like something added to it, personalized, tweaked in any type of way, do not hesitate to reach out to us. We'll make it, we'll make it happen. We'll make it work. Right. I think I did have um, a question that kind of bubbled up, even for us as we're a couple and we're building a brand. Mm -hmm. How is the balance of building a brand? How important is it to, for when you're building a brand to when you're dealing with someone else, your significant other, to be a part of your mission? How do you get to get your significant other to be a part of your mission? Or how important is it? Like I said, with your brand, what you have going, mm -hmm. you need support for your brand, mm -hmm. of course. I'm not sure as far as your dating situation, mm -hmm. anything, but for <laughs> us as a married couple, we're pushing a brand right. by ourselves, and we know that it's very important that we support each other when having a brand. Yes, I try to tell people, of course, we tell people it's very important because, like I said, you have your highs and your lows. Yes. Then the, what are the, I guess, the importance? What do you see the importance when you're giving any tips when kind of finding someone to support your brand along with you? If it's your brand, it's not their brand, mm -hmm. but as far as you, you have a mission. Mm -hmm. And how, what is, like, how, how is the, does your partner right, the balance? Role and say, okay. Or what's the importance of having a partner? that understands that you're pushing a brand and this goal, you know, as far as there's a, a very high level of support that's right. needed to support right. you know, each other or the challenges. Um, personally, 
so I, I believe that it's very important on a moral level and an emotional level to have that level of support from your partner um, because it can be challenging and it can be draining and, um, you know, there's going to be hiccups along the way. And if you're like a very self-critical person, you don't want to, you know, go on a downward spiral once those things come up for you. So I think it's, it is important to have a partner that is um, supportive morally and emotionally. Um, but personally for me, I don't necessarily need my partner to be all in involved in my brand. I'm okay doing that solely on my own. Um, what would help and what would be nice and what I've seen in my experience that I appreciate without even me asking is my partner will, um, you know, if we're going somewhere, put on my gear because they want, and that's, that's, that's really, it's flattering. It's sweet. It's very endearing because having to do that without me asking, because they want to get my brand out there. They want visibility. They, and they're doing that on their own. I think, um, that in itself um, pours so much back into you. Like it will give you, even if you're not um, feeling at your best or at your strongest or having certain self-doubt or something, stuff like that will help empower you and kind of bring you back to your center and your focus. Um, but I'm more actually interested about how you guys make this work. Because you guys are actually, you, you're working together. You're all in together. Yeah. yeah. And we've, we've done um, a lot of hustles together. And it's been that thing, so, you know, supporting each other and understanding, you know. She supported my music, you know, my number one fan. And I that's kind it. of when I was trying to get it out there. You know, it was like a hamster wheel. And yes. it became a hamster wheel for both of us. So yes. even in this podcast energy, it's something that she kind of started doing. So it's almost like that energy switch as well that I want to do it. Like, all right, if we're going to do it like a recording studio, then let's, or she's going to do the podcast, then let's, you know, make yes. it pretty presentable. Just, you know that we enjoy doing it. Correct. So that's what came with kind of a supporting it. And that's why. You learn over time. It's funny. We talked to one of the guys, payroll. Uh, we did an episode on payroll taxes. And it's funny because like half of that episode being ended up being like good uh, advice, marriage advice, like married couple entrepreneurs, I guess how you call that's them. That's interesting. Couplepreneurs yeah. or whatever you say. Yeah. <laughs> Because he worked with his wife. Um, but yeah, it's, you learn over time. Like, of course, you're going to have issues. Lucky for us, we get along a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah. A lot of the times. But it's over time, you just get to learn how to work with each other. Because like I said, we've had so many different hustles like right. we used to breed dogs if nobody knew that we'll probably talk about that on an episode that we used to breed dobermans and Georgia, uh, yeah. we've had other t-shirt brands and now we're with this one um yeah, we did the ethiopian soccer tournament oh uh, yeah how was that experience because that's something i'm looking to get into myself that was pretty was uh work. it was it was a good learning experience because we've we haven't really vended like that. Like mm -hmm. we vended in a small event, mm -hmm. but this one was big. And so like we actually uh, like a week into it or, or some days into it, we had to order new stuff Stop. or we kind of had to keep readjusting and we were ordering online. But wait, is that a good problem? Because that means your stock was being depleted? Or um, it is. Well, we did sell quite a bit of stuff there. So 
we were grateful print, I was for printing that. up t-shirts we on were, the spot. Oh, wow. Even okay. taking pictures on the spot. You know? Oh, wow. Yeah, we had photos set up. <laughs> oh, yeah, wow, we, just <laughs> yeah. we just kept adjusting. We just kept adjusting. So, like, we realized people really like photos. So, initially, we were like, okay, we have this merch. We have the table. We just set it up, and that's what we're going to do. But then we realized a couple of days in, like, you know, not there's hundreds of vendors out there. Mm-hmm. And so, like... Even where you are matters, where you are in the thing. So we weren't getting too much traffic. And then we just kept, like, reinventing. Like, okay, people really want pictures. He's a photographer already. We have the backdrop. So he legit went and set up the backdrop uh, a couple of days in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And after that, we had the heat press. Mm -hmm. And we noticed people want custom T-shirts. Like, even the other vendors, Mm -hmm. like, maybe they have, like, a restaurant set up. And they want their logo on their shirt or things like that. Right. Or numbers of the players or something like that. Wow. Custom T-shirts. So wow. we brought in, next day, we'll bring in our heat press right. and the vinyl cutter too, right? Yeah. And, yeah. But you guys and the printer. At the time, right? Yeah, we lived yeah. in I was about to say, because getting that press, <laughs> how did you? <laughs> yes, <laughs> girl. And I was still working and it was like, it Loading was chaotic. <laughs> unloading every day. Yeah. And then yeah. bringing the stuff because you don't want to leave your equipment out there so it was like every day you had to go back and forth and we were like way down in the in the hall so can't get your car in there to no no so (laughs) we just kept bringing more and more stuff by the end of the week we had like heat press we were doing photography then if you want that photography on a shirt We'll come come back in in an hour or so. We'll have it pressed up for you. Guys were super if efficient. you want custom dope. letters, some people wanted custom letters. We had onesies by the end of it. We were just buying onesies and oh, putting cool. in. Yeah. We had like by the end of it, and then I had like um, the brand was Hisbawi, and we had I had made like a little telet design on on Photoshop, and I was using that on different Amazing. things. So like I would have like um american-ish dress and then i would put like alettes and mm. kind of like things you can wear in the at, to the store to the grocery store whatever right, just right. not necessarily for um special events so yeah we just kept reinventing ourselves so that's why i say it's a great learning experience yes. because yeah. even like learning like oh maybe you should order this or maybe you shouldn't do this because it ended up costing you more than what you made from it. So it was, it was a constant like tweaking of things and reinventing ourselves while we're, but it was, it, we sold a good bit of stuff and we learned a lot. So I I say it's a success. It's definitely a success and like hats off to you guys, because it's one thing to be flexible and adaptable, um, in general, it's another thing to do it on the spot. Yeah. And yeah. so the fact that you guys were able to adjust in real time mm-hmm. and saw an opportunity like where the demand was and actually fulfilled it. Yeah. So that yeah. there's that's a big win for me. That, yeah, we that's were really even dropping amazing. off doing deliveries, dropping off at people hotel and stuff. Oh like yeah, wow. we were we wow. were doing whatever. We're like yeah. being flexible. Yeah, it was a grind. That's amazing. <laughs> were, yeah. Any of your stuff did you did you use like um, Amharic or Tigrinya letters? Mm-hmm. You did? Um, yeah, we had so a vinyl uh, cutter to where we could yeah. vinyl, you know, custom cut the yeah, letters Yeah, we would cut, custom cut for people. And, um, and then press on. Even we yeah. had one shirt that was One Love, but the one was the uh, Giz letter, one, I mean, mm-hmm. number one. And then Love, I spelled it using um, Giz letters, but to make 
uh, uh, English word. That's dope. Right? And yeah. were those being picked up? Did you guys feel like there was more interest because of where you were, the event? With it um, it helped a little bit. Like, we gotten some international sales after that. Um, we don't have the store anymore uh, mm -hmm. since then, but I think it, it helped, um, like, get your name out, out there. there. And then the people who, who bought a shirt there or dress or whatever, now when they go back to their cities or countries, um, other people might see it and ask about it. Yeah, so that's right. it, it spreads your, your stuff that's to dope. a lot of different countries. So that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. One tip, people love Kids and baby stuff, yeah. they can't resist. <laughs> I'm telling you, we basically yeah. had to, like, um, that's why we had to, like, buy a lot more because we weren't ready for kids. We had a lot of adult stuff, mm -hmm. and we had some kids stuff, but we needed, like, a whole lot more kids stuff and onesies and all of this wow. stuff. So. so those were definitely selling. Yeah, yeah, they're a hit. People can't resist onesies. Yeah, they're adorable, too. It's hard to yeah. do it's, it's really nice. Yeah. All right, I have one more question for you guys. I know, yeah, yeah. like you guys are the interviewees, but <laughs> no, no, <laughs> yeah, we love when yeah, people ask us questions, questions. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because I find it fascinating that I don't think any, 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 I don't think it's for everyone to work with your partner because you. It speaks volumes that you guys were able to do it successfully. It speaks volumes to your level of connection and things like that, right? And even for me, like back in the day when I would think of things like this, and I'm like, would I? Because I'm very business oriented and I always want to like dabble in different things, but I always felt uncertain about getting into business with my partner. And my number one reason for that is I don't want it to bleed over into our personal life. Like say we had a disagreement like in, in business, I don't want to take that home. <laughs> yeah. And that's so how the do conversation, you I guess uh, the payroll guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was saying, and that's kind of got to, you got to turn it off. You gotta, that was that's his the, advice. <laughs> yeah. That was his advice is, is you have to make that, that, you know, that place you have your work, you know, energy. And then when you go home, you, you just kind of got to turn it off. And, I see. you know, see. cause even for, for us, we've been together. Uh, was it, has it been almost 10 years now or probably oh, it's going on? Way over that. So, you know, you just have to communication is, everything understanding that yeah. you know you got your hard times you got you know your you know good times hard times and understanding don't go to sleep mad Bad. yeah, yeah I, I hear that don't, don't be to, scared don't to, to have mad. the hard conversations like i think a lot of people get scared to come out and say what's really bothering them or yeah. what's we have a super like open <laughs> relation that's no, not, not a good way to say, right? <laughs> we're, we communicate. We have communication. No, it's not open. No, no, no. We're not, very we're close. Not, <laughs> um, <laughs> I know. That's why I'm like, wait, quick, find right, a different I saw word. You, like, I know wait, what you wait, mean, wait, though. Wait, I know wait, what you wait, mean. Wait, yeah, but, <laughs> but like, you know, I I can talk to him a, a lot more transparently than I could with anybody, I guess, and that's very important for me because I'm pretty honest and transparent person mm -hmm. um which if you don't find another partner that's like that as well it you can run into being taken advantage of that's very easy to take advantage of so right. that was something right off when we met I can trust that you know it it was you kind of yeah I felt aspect. safe mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah I understand so. that yeah that goes that goes a really long way and 
it's funny because it sounds like it's it's, it's simple, but it's really not. No, it's mm-hmm. not. It definitely took some time. Yeah. To, you know, we've grown. Right, right. And right. you have to allow each other to change. Some people, you yeah. know, you change naturally you as you grow. Yeah, yeah. you have to evolve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so even with her talking on this podcast, it's all like a, a new person from when we started. She used to be quiet. She, you know, nobody would probably, I say four, four or five years ago, you probably wouldn't never think she'd be sitting here talking on the podcast to the Social general public. Social anxiety and, and stuff. Right. I so I've seen that whole evolution. You know, I love it. Transformation. Yes. Yes. And, you know, I want more. I want to see yes. more of the transformation. Correct. I want to see the, the complete bloom. Yes. You know, so you have to, want to see that complete bloom for the process they're more looking at me like okay he's going to be the superstar music guy it's like no that doesn't always have to be the case if i have my superstar here that's right i can support her the same way she supported my career Mm -hmm. so you have to be open for that i love it and And i'm really glad i asked this question because i think it's important for other people to to hear that and that was a dope response thank you for your honesty both thank you you. Mm -hmm. i think that's really really awesome and very aspirational I like it. Yeah, we've <laughs> had a recent guest, um, Dr. Wright. Dr. Wright, Craig yeah. Wright. Um, numerology. Mm-hmm. And he's basically said we should have some more conversations that's kind of sharing that importance of you know, how to communicate as a couple and how to be a happy couple and yes. how to yeah, yes. bring love back into certain foundations of relationships and growing from there versus, yes. and, and, you know, being able to pull the business together as a couple. A lot of times they say, okay, he has his thing, she has her thing, and you guys go to work and you do the thing. But Mm -hmm. sometimes you want to look at how can we spend more time together? So if we need to have the same business and work in the same place, Mm -hmm. that's how you enjoy, you know, a certain way of you enjoying life with your partner a little bit better. And if you can make money together. Why not? And spend more time together. Why not? Yeah that's dope and I yes like you can you can create a whole I'm more than happy to come back because I can speak for days on this conversation oh. the topic of conversation yeah I think we need somebody to ask us uh, questions well, I'm happy to yeah. Table. yeah. <laughs> um, but I also think it's very inspirational of what you shared about Luan because um, because you had social you said you you, you had ex- experienced social anxiety right mm-hmm. and you've seen her grow from that to like um, being on a podcast and like running the show and things like that. I think it's very important to also touch on that because quite a lot of people actually um, struggle with social anxiety mm-hmm. and there's not even enough conversation as it pertains to that. And so I feel like it would be very eye-opening but also inspirational. Like you're not limited. Yes, you have these anxieties, yeah. but um, you can you can, you can can work past that. Yeah. So I think absolutely, yeah. And kudos to you, both of you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you definitely have a future as a podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, I get into it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, but before we get ready to, and like I said, yeah, you're definitely always welcome. We appreciate you for coming in, physically yeah. talking with us, sharing positive energy and everything. My and you're more than welcome to come back. Thank and you. We do as many podcast episodes as you know. Thank you so much. The universe will allow us to do. Amen. (laughs) Thank you. And definitely before, let them know where they can find your brand, find you, follow you, support you, and everything. Okay. Um, So on social media, on Instagram, you can find us. um, Our IG handle is the underscore Jigna, J-I-G-N-A underscore tribe. 
And then our business page on Facebook is also the same. So the underscore Jigna underscore tribe. Um, our website is jignatribe.com. And so feel free to visit us. Please do follow us. I would love to hear from you. I always love getting feedback um, in addition to the requests. I just, I love connecting with my people and my tribe. And so I look forward to hearing, to growing the community even more so and hearing from you guys. And thank you so much. This has been such an honor. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Thank, thank you. you. <coughs> Appreciate you. And for the listeners, um, we'll have all this information on the description. You can find us at americangypsy.com. And we also um, have all the episodes on americangypsy.com as well as links to our merch um, consistent self-improvement merch at luamlee.com as well as we have music that you can check out under classic k-l-a-c-c-i-k carpenter c-a-r-p-e-n-t-a that's on spotify itunes youtube and title all major platforms you have some you know mu- um, some cello instrumentals also some vocal stuff and along with some regular instrumentals that we have that we put on our youtube channel on some of our travel videos and things like that so yeah definitely check out our um youtube channel um we don't only have podcasts we have travel videos um if you want to if you're interested in la and you want to see what la is like we have like biking videos we take you around la with a gopro um yeah so subscribe. Thank you to our listeners. Thank you to our supporters, everyone that donates. Thank you to everyone that comments and shares. We really appreciate it. And consistent self-improvement to everyone. And peace. peace. <laughs>